I'm Toby Altizer with your sports update on The Fan. This update is brought to you by the Purple Heart Foundation, honoring their sacrifice with our service. Yesterday, the Commanders announced that they're going to be starting Jacoby Brissett for the rest of the season. Today, Eric Bianami talked about the reason for sitting Howell. And you can make a case and you can make an argument for both ways, correct? I think sometimes you got to learn how to play through these moments. Uh, but also, too, when you have a veteran uh, who's done a, a great job of stepping in, and has sparked some energy, you know, moving uh, forward, but also causing some excitement, you can't overlook that. So, yes, you don't want to – you want to be very mindful of Sam's confidence level and how he's going to handle this. But also, too, we're in the profession, right? It's a production-driven industry, so – Jacoby's done a heck of a job, so now we're going to give Jacoby this opportunity to go out there and show what he can do. That's Eric Bieniemy. We're Grant and Danny. We're live at Rudy's Golf in Kingstown, Alexandria. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad. They'll help protect your assets and update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com and mention the show to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. We'll be here at Rudy's until 6.30. we got a preview of Thursday Night Football coming up in just a bit on the show. Uh, we are on site at the go-to spot for golf and entertainment. they got 70-plus bays to drive balls. It was actually a little bit warm and stuffy earlier. Now that the sun's going down with the, oh, heated, it's beautiful. the heated bays outside, it is a perfect night, especially for late December. It's ridiculous. Like, this is the night to be here hitting balls. Got a great restaurant and a sports bar here for the whole family inside. Good night to be at Rudy's. Yeah, we were here yesterday during the pouring rain. Did it affect us? Not even a little bit. The covered bays, it was balmy and perfect while we're hitting nukes into the downpour. Who do you blame for the Hal regression? A month into the season, he had shown a lot of promise and played pretty well. Remember, the team had started 2-0. and A couple of months into the season, people were ready to claim he was the answer. And now, in the penultimate weekend of the year, the team is protecting him from himself benching him because he's so broken that they're afraid what it might look like if he played the 49ers. Their words, not ours. Insane. I want to get into that. We're going to give our takes on this at 800-636-1067 as we go. But uh, some food for thought. You can tweet us at Grant H. Paulson, at Funny Danny. You know, how do you divvy up the blame for what happened to Sam Howe? Ron Rivera, back to you, Grant. No, I'm only being serious. Uh, it's 90% Rivera, 10% everybody else. And I mean that. Not just because I'm, I'm tired of the regime. It's everything happens under his watch, right? The lack of personnel upgrades, the lack of uh, intervention, schematic design, all of it. Everybody serves at his pleasure from coach on down, general manager on down. He is in charge of everything and anything. If you start to see signs of slippage, so for, for example, after a few games, you're going, hey, my quarterback's getting hit a million times. What can we do? Let's do something about it. Let's change. What should have happened, of course, was the entire offseason where, again, he's in charge of outstanding offensive line, outstanding tight end, outstanding uh, you know, upgrade running back, a, a scat back, a pass catcher. Uh, instead, it was Sam Howell, a guy that was readily available uh, from the Giants who's been hurt more than he's played, uh, and a dude that Eric Bieniemy knew from Kansas City, and we're good. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. This is all on Rivera. This was inevitable because of his lack of foresight, lack of vision, and his flare gun Hail Mary to try to get himself out of trouble from the previous year's uh, time. There were forks in the road here 
where things deteriorated and got worse, all under his watch, all under his timeline, and his, again, lack of ability to, to build around Sam Howell came to the forefront and ruined all this. I've got a heavy dose of Rivera. I haven't really divvied up a pie, like percentages or anything. But, look, Rivera is the beginning of this conversation because from the first day when they named him the starter, it was the Jonathan Jones report. He's the CBS NFL reporter who used to work in Charlotte, you may remember, yep. covering the Panthers. He came out. How did he get this story? A couple of days after the Super Bowl, I think it was. Maybe even been before the Super Bowl, I don't remember. And he came out and said that Washington's going to stick with Sam Howell. That's their guy. And at first, I think a lot of us were like, really? After one game, they're sure? They're, they have a whole offseason to try to upgrade the quarterback position and this staff that's going into a got-to-have-it fourth year with a new ownership group probably is just going to rest their laurels on Sam Howell. Are we sure about this? Well, I, I remember the first thing I did when I started asking people in the building, is this real? The, the thing they kept saying over and over and over again was, yes, it's real. And here's why it's not crazy. You're thinking about this like last year's team with Sam Howell at quarterback. We're going to completely overhaul and fix our offensive line and really insulate this young player with a really good line. And my assumption, not knowing it'd be the enemy at that time, was that they would do the old dinosaur bit where it's a good offensive line, you need that, and they run the ball 90% of the, you know, whatever they want to do, 70% of the time, and basically do some play action, game managing stuff with an athlete and Sam Howell, the Heineke formula. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I expected. They did the exact opposite of that. And on the offensive line, they picked the center in Gates, who was not good enough to keep his job. They picked a right tackle in Andrew Wiley, who gave up 13 sacks this season, according to PFF. Uh, they made you know kind of one mistake after another in terms of the O-line build. So in and of itself, I would say that's where I would start the conversation. I don't think the enemy's gotten enough flack for being somewhat intractable and stubborn in-game. I'll never forget that Giants game against Wink Martindale mm -hmm. where he just kept eating their lunch over and over, and it didn't seem like they adjusted. There have been it felt like a Spurrier-Patrick Ramsey game. The Bills game Did was it? the same way. Yeah. I mean, that, they've played that game three times where they've got your number, please do something else, and they just refused to do that, right? They just, for whatever reason, didn't make the adjustment. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is the, the story here. That's the whole conversation on Biennemi is – uh, Chris in Hyattsville said something today that kind of got me thinking that was interesting. He said he's the most stubborn offensive coach we've had since Spurrier. And I remember I always used to talk about how mad Spurrier was the day he gave up play-calling duties to Hugh Jackson. Stephen Davis ran for like 26 carries, 105 yards in a win. And after the game, everyone thought Spurrier would be all fired up. But not only was he not, he was like livid that his thing, his mm -hmm. whole point to come here thing. was – I can prove that it's my thing that works. And I'm not saying Biennemi is just about himself. That's not my claim at all. What, what I am suggesting, though, is I think Biennemi wanted to prove my thing works. And at the expense yeah. sometimes of having success, he was very stubborn. So I don't think there's been enough talk about that. I think he got him hit too much with drop back. I don't think there were enough layups. If you look at expected completion percentage, you know where Hal ranks among other quarterbacks. I think specific to the last few weeks – He's completed 40% of his passes over three games. 40%. You can't complete 40% of your passes in a three-game stretch without your coordinator screwing you up a little bit with play calling and usage. And 
it should be easier. Like, there should be just – it doesn't mean you're getting yards or first downs or explosives, but you should be able to get completions. They weren't. And so for all of those reasons, I say enemy has got to be heavily involved. I don't know enough about the inner workings and the dynamics with Tavita Pritchard, the quarterback's coach or whatever. I think Hal's got to be heavily involved here. He's got a major wart in his proclivity to take contact and hold the ball and not get the ball out. Now, I don't think they did enough to help him and coach that out of him with usage. But that said, I, th- I think that was a major problem this year. And I think all of those things have to be big factors into how we got here. Makes a lot of sense. Again, this, this to me is, you know, when somebody, like if our, our boss hires somebody that doesn't do a good job at some point, you go, yeah, that guy didn't do a good job. Well, the person that chose him over everything else has to be the one that's accountable. That's kind of always been my philosophy about it when it comes to the leadership or lack thereof with this stupid organization that's almost ready for a real, honest-to-goodness, clean slate coming up very soon. But your perspective, when you get down into the weeds, I think is, is valuable, too. I think it's right. Right? Like, everything you're saying, I, I, don't agree, I don't disagree with any part of it. All right, let's go to the phones. 800-636-1067, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. Who's to blame for this regression? There is also the possibility that just the schedule getting harder was more of an exposing schedule than early in the year, and, and this is kind of what was meant to be. We can talk about that, too. Uh, Javel's in Culpepper. Javel, I've been thinking about you, man. Your guy's balling out. It's your time, out. buddy. <laughs> Granddaddy, what's up, guys? Hey, dude. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, I told I told the screener that it was 100% and Sam, but I, I'm going to change that. I'm going to say it's 70% Sam, 30% Rivera. Uh, as you guys know, I've been saying since training camp that it should have been open competition, and if it were open competition, Jacoby Brissett would have won this job. And in the past two games and the two halves that Jacoby Brissett has played, it is clear that he is a much better quarterback than Sam Howell. I don't want to hear it's the offensive line. I don't want to hear it's Eric Bieniemy because the offensive line hasn't been an issue. Bieniemy hasn't been an issue. His play calling hasn't been an issue. Jacoby Brissett. Wait, well, hold on. Games, the only thing I'll say. What, what what do you mean? His play calling hasn't been an issue. It it wasn't an all issue season. With Kobe. It, oh it, well, it, well, it's a little a little different when you're chasing three you know three touchdowns down. I agree with you. I don't want to hear that, Grant. I don't well, hear that. Well, it's just I information. You, I, I told I, I told you before Thanksgiving. I told you before Thanksgiving. I said Sam Howell has played the almost the easiest schedule of defenses before Thanksgiving. Yeah, After I talked about that a lot. After Thanksgiving, it was going to get much worse. And after Thanksgiving, he has declined week after week. Yeah, but what does that have to do with your your point that you made? He is not a starting quarterback. And everybody. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Jacoby Jacoby Brissett is a journeyman. Jacoby Brissett is this. Jacoby Brissett is that. Jacoby Brissett has played solid everywhere he has been. He has a two to one interception touchdown ratio. Nobody, nobody, and you say, Grant, no, it's all about Sam. We don't want to make the playoffs. As a fan, as a fan, I don't want to hear that. The players in that locker room don't want to hear that. The coaching staff doesn't want to hear that. Because if you get into the playoffs, you never know what can happen. The the same, any given Sunday. So for you to say, I want to see Sam Howell regardless and don't want to make the playoffs, to me that's ludicrous. We have four wins with Sam Howell. We would easily have three or four more wins with Jacoby Brissett. And if I'm not mistaken, the Vikings and the Packers play this weekend, and they're both 7-8, and eight, still in the playoff competition. Yeah, and they're so in worse no position way. moving forward because of that. Grant, 
It yeah. It's all about winning. Bro. No, it's not. It's all about well, winning. Yeah, I appreciate you. We have different definitions of that, Joe. Thanks for Love the Love you, call. buddy. I always appreciate the passion and, and, and the phone call. Uh, I've done seven and nine. I've done that 40 million times. I'd never like to do that again. If you're signing up to try to squeeze out one more drop of blood from the stone, it's your fandom. You do what you want. I will tell you the rest of us are exhausted by that. The low ceiling, let's just see if we can get in as the seventh seed and maybe make some noise thing. This isn't the NHL. All right, every once in a while, once in a blue moon, a team gets hot, Eli Manning throws a ball off somebody's helmet, and you win that way. That's not the process. The process is to try to be great. That's not a try-to-be-great situation. The point of playing the young and experienced guy is to see maybe you've got a higher ceiling one time. Turns out we don't. So your, your assessment, it seems like, of, of uh, Sam Howell, rather, was pretty prescient. You, you may have been right about that when you were saying it when it was unpopular. So good for you. You're on it. But we're not, we're not saying we don't want to win games. What we're saying is the way it's happened – for the last 30-some years since they were actually good is exhausting. And if you're not exhausted by it, God bless you. Yeah, so for me, it's way more simple, right? You say it's about winning. It's about winning a championship. That's what it's about. Winning a game on Sunday or not, in the grand scheme of things, in a lost season, that's not what it's about at all to me. It's about positioning yourself to be a perennial playoff contender that has a real chance to win titles. There is no path forward to be that team with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Now, doesn't mean I don't want Jacoby Brissett in my building. I was the one that advocated all offseason to go get Jacoby Brissett. I was talking about it last November. I wanted him. He's a pro. He's a great backup. So I would like Jacoby Brissett to be here next year as well. If they're in a position where he's starting at the beginning of the year because they didn't go get a quarterback and he's trying to help Ben Johnson or somebody in this new offense in a new – building, you know, initiate a culture and uh, uh, building a professionalism and they're going 7 and 10 or whatever it is in that first season. I'm not going to be overly angry. It's the first year of a regime, but they need to find their long-term answer. So I stand by and still feel the way that I have all year long, which is to say that this year correctly was about finding out if Sam Howell's an answer or not and should not have been about trying to win more games with Jacoby Brissett. We'll disagree forever on you saying you wish that, like you're saying you wish they were seven and, uh, what would that be, seven and eight right now? Yeah. Seven and eight right now so that they could be playing the last two weeks to get into the playoffs. I don't because, number one, they still might not get in. And number two, more importantly, if they did, there's no path forward to a Super Bowl with this group. There just isn't. So I'm focused on finding a way forward to try to win a championship. By the way, if they were nine, let's just say right now they were eight and, se- eight and seven, it would might mean that some of this front office is coming back. I want nothing to do with that. It might mean that Ron Rivera is coming back. I want nothing to do with that. The best case scenario this year, I thought it was a win-win. Sam Howell plays and plays really well, and they win, and you found this awesome young quarterback, or Sam Howell plays and doesn't play that well, and they lose, and you pick really high and you have a better chance for your QB going into an offseason with money and high picks and a GM and a head coach. So I'm very content with what took place. The only difference is I probably wouldn't start Jacoby uh-huh. down these final two games to give myself the best chance to, to be positioned where I need to be. But I'm happy for Brissett that he's getting an opportunity because he's quite a pro and, and he deserves it. Um, lastly, on the Biennemi point, I think it's true to say that maybe Biennemi's offense or play calling and all the things that get knocked all the time aren't as bad as people think because maybe Sam was holding it back, and we'll find that out over these two weeks with Jacoby. We'll see. 
But I, don't, I just don't think it's analogous to say that when you come off the bench when no one prepared for you and you're chase, you know, team's three touchdowns ahead of you, that you playing well is like gospel. Yes, John Beck did that and then got a starting job. Yeah, play you know? calls seem to be okay when you're scoring on five or six possessions when exactly. Seth comes in. So and I, I, I think know. Jacoby's going to play much better than Sam. I think it's pretty clear right now, to JaVale's point, uh, that Jacoby Brissett is the better NFL quarterback than a broken version of Sam Howell in this moment. So they'll get more out of Jacoby than they were getting out of Sam Howell, no doubt about it. But do I think it's going to look the same over four quarters against San Francisco like it did when the Jets are up three touchdowns or the Rams are up by a million at home? I don't. I think those teams probably took their foot off the gas pedal a little bit in the second half. Appreciate the call, though. 800-636-1067. Let's go to Mike, who's in Fairfax on Grant and Danny wants to hop in. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, hey, I love the show. You guys are fantastic. Hope you had a good holiday. Thank you, buddy. Um, so, real quick, um, it's obvious that, that Sam is clearly not playing well. He is a, he is in over his head. And Danny's absolutely right. It all starts with Rivera. Rivera's been a disaster. Let's be honest. He's made some horrible decisions. That's without question. As far as the question of you know who is to blame, you know, um, my, I, w- I would want to know what was set, how he was actually how how was coached in between games on the bench was was he coached correctly we'll, we'll never really know we we weren't there to hear uh, with that said I I have to, to I feel similar to the other caller a lot of the I, I, I you know how did not look good he, his timing. Was off his. Uh, He's been the uh, worst quarterback in the league over the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just have to blame Hal. I mean, Danny's right. You obviously have to blame Rivera, but, but, you know, he clearly is not ready for prime time. I, I put the blame. I put the blame on Hal. The fact that he held on the ball <laughs> so long, and it, it was a, that was noticeable in college, guys. But being wrong. You know, totally, and, and this too, right? I, and Javel just kind of mentioned how different things have looked. It has been night and day when Brissett's come into the game. You notice how the O-line has not been that big of a problem? And I love this. People used to do it with Cousins and Griffin too, where they'd say, oh, well, the line's blocking better. They're blocking better for the other guy. All of a sudden, the line, no, silly goose. The line hasn't gotten better because a guy came into the game. That guy's getting the ball out quicker and, and anticipating and, Brissett is going to make and on life the five easier. step drop is extra drop in five steps. On the That's three, a big it's difference. on three. Yeah, I mean it's, it's he's all exactly where he's supposed to be mm-hmm. at all times. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven is the number. The question for you guys on Grant and Danny is: First of all, do you agree with the premise that Sam Howell's taking a massive step back? And if that's the case, who do we blame and how did this happen? I want to get into whether or not he just wasn't maybe playing at the level that people thought early, and they were playing bad defenses, mm-hmm. and now they're playing much better defenses and whether or not that was a big factor. G&D on the fan. I wish I could tell you what, what it was, but somebody from San Fran probably is watching this, and, and they're going to use that. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, I just trying to play clean, you know, just trying to play clean. And, and um, you know, obviously, you know, coming in at those parts of the game, you know, I try to get myself into the game. I got to get myself going, you know, and uh, and just trying to, you know, just, Make the easy plays easy, you know, and and, uh, and just doing that on a consistent basis and, and, and letting our guys just do the work. Jacoby Brissett, we're Grant and Danny. This is the fan. How good 
has Brissett been the last couple weeks. Awesome. 18 of 23, completing almost 80%. 224 yards and a couple halves of football. Basically a game's worth. Three touchdowns and no picks. You know what I've been thinking about watching him is, you know, if you are the New York Jets, Mm -hmm. if you are one of these teams, Cleveland Browns, who much of their season was essentially lost by the fact that they were dealing with Dorian Thompson-Robinson and some of these other you know, uh, quarterbacks and things, uh, you know, situations that, that they were having. Like, was there a point where they looked at the TV screen and said, whoopsie-daisy. Damn. <laughs> Look, if you're Minnesota, whoops. Great one. <laughs> That's one you screwed up. You know, but, yeah, I mean, for, and from Washington's perspective, by the way, just as a quick side, that should have been something that they did. They should have explored that trade. Right, because you committed so much to, to Sam Howell. But, again, that's, a, that's a, another side out for another time. But this initially is why you got this player, right? If things went south with a, a neophyte quarterback that had 19 career passes under, under his belt, the steadying hand of the veteran who's still going to allow for development for Jahan Dotson, uh, uh, a couple of neophytes on the offensive line, maybe a young tight end or two. This was uh, the, the hand-never-shakes classic Again, kind of a 1B. If you have to start him for a whole season, it's not going to go great, but it's also not going to go terrible. And if he's got to come in and play in short stints, he could be beyond adequate. I mean, th- this is a pro's pro. Outperform Watson right? last year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, going back to his time in Miami the year before, he, he was okay there too. It wasn't great. I think it was like five touchdowns, four picks. But, you know, it was pretty decent. But he has looked really, really good for Washington, and now he'll get a shot this week. I'm guessing it'll be both games. Well, let me think about this. I actually am going to, if I had to put money down, now my bid is what would make the least sense. So I'm actually (laughs) going to assume that they'll go back to Hal next week. Honestly, like bits aside. I really think they'll start Hal next week and then we'll all pretend like none of this happened. Uh, But I think Jacoby's going to play well, which is going to make it even harder to do that. Uh, Who should we blame for the regression of Sam Howell is the question. 800-636-1067. Is the number. Uh, before we get to the phones, what about my theory that Hal has always possibly been headed toward this? And that isn't to say that he wasn't playing really good football at one point, he was, but this stretch of great defenses did him in. And maybe the good wasn't as good as everyone thought. Like when we were fired mm-hmm. up about the Denver game. You go back and watch that game. It was the most yards on screens that any team and any quarterbacks had since Nick Foles in 2013. Maybe that was just a enemy masterpiece, right? Or um, maybe, you know, a couple of the, the Philly game. Like, the Eagles' defense is horrendous. They've been lit up by quarterbacks that are backups legitimately this year. Maybe it was always just more about who they were playing and the fact that he was throwing it a lot and less about him – being as good as maybe we were wish casting what we were seeing a little bit. And the fact that they had the second easiest schedule as far as the defenses that they were taking on until Thanksgiving had a lot more to do with it than like how playing great. Entirely possible. That's got to be a factor. It, it, it is. But those, those moments happen. Like that throw into triple coverage to McLaurin for a touchdown happened. You know, that improv played of to flip it sideways to, to Brian Robinson to, after avoiding a pass rush happened. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand your point. That a, a, enough of these, oh my God, type moments would come with the trade-off of all the sacks, all the hits, all the, the turnover-worthy plays, etc. Those have now gone away. 
to such a high degree. That's that's my biggest issue is you can deal with a young player making aggressive mistakes and you know think Peyton Manning leading the league in interceptions if you're still getting the look at that we're losing the look at that right that can be occasional scramble notwithstanding right there have been some nice moments where he's gotten out of trouble and whether it's throwing on the run or scrambling for a first down which I think by the way losing the look at that which is a funny way and a good way to put it I just think that is him trying to avoid the bad has Without taken question. away the good that's and that's my feeling that to me is a larger than just you thing I mean remember uh you know when, when we've referenced Cousins an awful lot today kind of the comparison for someone that, that lost their gig for a little while what got Cousins benched? Threw an interception against, Can- against Tennessee. And the coach was so furious about it, so he said, okay, fine. Fine. And then later on, he's like, hey, will you take some chances? Will you, will you throw it into, into single coverage one-on-one? He's going, no. I got benched last time I did that. I'm going to take, take the profit here, please, and thank you, my first available receiver. That's what I'm doing from here on out. So part of that to me is a, is, is a coaching and influence thing. What are you prioritizing? If you're telling him, we need you to still be yourself, that means you're going to have some of those bad. You're going to have a 6-7 sack game. You're going to have that Bills game where you where, where you turn it over or struggle against the Giants, et cetera. But we're losing those, dude, that was baller type stuff. That's going away, and that's what's been troubling. Let's go to the phones. 800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Rodney's in Maryland wants to hop in on Grant and Danny. What's up, Rodney? Hey, how you doing, Brandon? Danny? Hey, you know, uh, it's a three-part thing. Uh, Sam 30, the enemy 30, and then the offensive line, the rest. He asking the guy that's coming in in his first year, asking him to do all these things. He, you know, the defense gets you behind 20 points. Now you got your coordinator, got you throwing the ball 30 and 40 times. When do you have time to learn the game? You know, to learn. You're not. You're under pressure. You're trying to win. You're trying to win. You know, I'd say y'all gave up on him too soon. I'd give him another year underneath a decent offensive line, understanding the game, got a year under his belt, and then see what he can do. You guys just threw him out, you know, kick him to the curb already. I mean, give him a chance. You ain't really giving him a chance. Well, How so we give him a chance when, when the defense ain't holding nobody? And we're throwing 30 and 40 times a game. Remember, Peyton Manning was a bum when he, his first year. He was. He was also the number two pick in the draft. Uh, was he number one? Number one. Oh, number Ryan one. Leaf went to. Ryan Leaf went too. That's true. He was the number one pick in the draft out of Tennessee. And Sam Howell went in the fifth round. And one of those guys was kind of straight out of central casting at 6'4", and the other's a little undersized. And has, you know, the, the fatal flaw of the sack issues that go back to college. But I mean, we were talking to someone here earlier today who came out to Rudy's Golf, uh, one of our listeners, and he brought up a good point. And it is, a, it is totally true to say a lot of the problem for Sam is a problem for a lot of guys, which is that we live in a microwave society. I say all the time, everybody wants to cook with a microwave. Nobody wants to break out the crock pot with coaches, with quarterbacks. And that's true. I think there's something to that. But I think the analogy is better with someone like Tua, who everyone wants to move on from as a top five pick, than with Sam Howe who for a reason is probably in the spot that he's in you know, at, at this point, right? And I, I, I would say when, when you suggest he never had a chance, you know, Dwayne Haskins, guys that were in bad situations in terms of supporting cast, where you ran the ball and put them behind the sticks, where you were playing on awful teams, right? Like, uh, when the coach didn't want you there, you know, they, they, didn't get, they inherited you and, and they couldn't wait to move on from you. Those are really, really bad situations. This was not that. He got 15 straight starts uninterrupted week in and week out 
throwing the ball a lot is a good thing, not a bad thing for him. Now, I'm not saying it was the best thing in terms of the results. As it turned out, it clearly wasn't. But I could label a bunch of times, like Justin Fields early on, where what is being done around you is hurting you. I don't think this was one of those times on paper coming into the season. If you want to blame the enemy's plan and say that it wasn't ideal, maybe. But he had talent around him. He had a staff that really wanted him to succeed. That's a pretty good starting point. Yeah, I mean, it's about half their games. To your point, though, just big picture about, about a team talking about the caller's point, where, yeah, they, they had a double-digit deficit or more. They were getting blown out, and he's got to drop back and throw it a billion times. That's not ideal. It's just not. It's, it's not. You'd love to have the whole playbook accessible to you. You'd love to be able to, you know, do different things instead of saying, okay, we're in the semi-hurry up here. We're in the four-minute offense. Or I guess it wouldn't be four-minute. We're trying to kill time. But we're trying to semi-hurry up, drop back, no, no play action, and just sling it around. Think of Denver, Chicago, Buffalo, the second Giants game, uh, Dallas, Miami. Okay, that's not ideal. I fully acknowledge that. Very rare is it ideal, though, A, to your point, GP. But the other side of that is, you know, I, we, we act like the simple, the, the simple solution is just to, to hand it off a million times. Well, it's not much better for a guy's development when it's third and eight all the time, and, and, you, and you have to throw and the whole world knows you're throwing. We saw that, frankly, with Griffin. Uh, as good as that offense was in 2012, the times, the rare times, whether it was a penalty or something they're behind the sticks, when the whole world knew they were throwing, they weren't that good at it, right? When you, when you can't run that drift play or can't fake it to Alfred Morris or something else, when they had to drop back and sling it, there was a struggle there. There's a developmental challenge that goes into that. So I love throwing it when not everyone knows you're throwing it. But, again, that's a philosophical thing that I don't think we'll ever win the fan base over on. Larry's in D.C. on line four on G&D. Question is, who's to blame for the how regression? What's up, Larry? Man, happy holiday. It's funny. D. Hey, buddy. D. Man, look, I told you a couple of weeks ago, right before, remember, then you went on vacation, and then, and then uh, J.D.I. got fired, and then you came back, and we was talking about it. Listen, it's, it's just like what you guys just said. That's what makes you a team. It's funny. Two things. Danny, you alluded to faith is a part of the percentage of it. And then, Danny, you alluded to, why are we going to keep being seven and eight and what we always say, we could be 7 and 8 in the middle, 15 and 16 pick, we always been, mm-hmm. or tank all the way, right? Let's, let's be real. What part of the percentage is the characteristics of Josh, of, of, of Harris? He's done this before, guys. That's right. As soon as he bought the team, he tanked and got Embiid and did. I mean, let, let's, let's be honest. I mean, is not that Sam Howe is not a starting quarterback. He is. All of those guys and even your guests that came on, no disrespect to him. I'm not going, you know, everybody has their opinion on it. Some people come with knowledge. Some people come with analysis. Some people just come with their opinion because they don't like something. I'm saying is you can't say he's not a starting quarterback. What about they stop making his value decline for when they trade him? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, GP, you alluded to it. Yes, you bring Jacoby Bissett back and let him start the first eight games just like they did with McNabb. Just well, like only, they did with only Eli Manning. If- Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, bud. Only if they're not able to go draft a quarterback and they don't add a young option, ideally in the top ten, which is where I would do it. But if not, let's say they take a left tackle or Brock Bowers, the tight end, and then they come back and they draft a quarterback at the top. Maybe they take their two seconds and move up to the top of the second. And with the second pick in the second round, they take Bo Nix or Michael Penix or something. Then, you know, Jacoby – is on the roster for sure, but I wouldn't probably start him in those games assuming those kids are healthy or maybe four or five games in, you know, one of them gets ready and, and you start playing them. 800-636-1067 is the number. I want a response to my other thought, though. 
was any of this just that they played better teams at the end of the year and that Hal just got exposed? Or, or was what we saw real? Like, we all kind of thought it was trending in a really positive direction. We liked the way he was playing. We weren't wrong about that, right? Or, or were we? And they were just playing bad defenses. Grant and Danny on the fan. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan. We're taking you up to 6.30 this evening at Rudy's Golf in Kingstown, Alexandria. They've got two levels worth of bays, a couple of putt-putt courses, and a full restaurant. You said you guys were here yesterday? We were. Did you guys putt-putt? We didn't do the putt-putt. I asked the boys if they wanted to. It was raining, so they didn't want to go through the course, ah, that'll be which tough. is outside. You know, would have gotten uh, wet on them. So they just they were very content taking turns whacking at golf balls with, uh, with some clubs. I want to preview Jets. Browns will do that before we get out of here for sure. 8-15 kick tonight. This is the beauty of the, oh, wait, it's Thursday? Oh, right. Thing that's going on where you're back at work, but it's already the end of the week and everything that uh, you know this week has turned into now post-holidays. Football tonight. We got football tonight. There's bowl games on like every hour just about in a cycle. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday we'll have the Lions and the Cowboys. Full slate on Sunday in the penultimate weekend of the season. This is the no Monday night game stretch coming up, though. Sunday night football with the Packers and the Vikings will Uh, be the final game of the weekend. So we do start to lose a day of the week. We get our Saturday and we lose our Monday. I'll take, I'll take it. I'll take the. I'll take. It's not a. It's not a great trade, but it's one. It's as good as we can do. By the way, that Cowboys Lions game is uh, is a factor. That's a big one. It's going to be very good. Yeah. Eleven and four Detroit. Ten and five Dallas. Although the Cowboys are heavier favorites in that game than I would have expected, but we'll look ahead to the weekend slate coming up in just a few. We've been talking quarterbacks and why Sam Howell regressed this season. We're getting your thoughts on that. Paul's in D.C. wants to hop in. On G&D, we're live at Rudy's. What's up, Paul? Because of you guys' recommendations, I actually went to Rudy's. I like it. I, I really enjoyed myself. Yes, man. Well, yes, we Paul. appreciate hearing that. It's a great Wings place. was on point, yeah. So, um, I'm thinking that it's Ron Rivera and it was Jack Del Rio. And it's an interesting uh, point because hmm. Ron Rivera knew that they needed offensive line help. Instead of him picking, like, one of the top-tier offensive linemen, in the draft, he got cornerback. Number two, Jack Del Rio defense, every time the young man did get something going, they couldn't hold it down to save their life. So they, they, they was giving up points left and right. And as far as who knew what went, we knew that it was some struggles there from the beginning of the Buffalo game. The Buffalo game kind of exposed them because that was the first time he saw real competition. But here was the point, the reason, another reason why I say wrong. The plan was to get Jacoby Brissett so that uh, Sam Howell could ease his way in. And I listened to every radio uh, show on this station, starting with uh, the first one in the morning, the sports, the, uh, the junkies, all the way down to you guys. And I'm telling you, everybody that gave a report from training camp said Sam Howell was struggling in training camp. And Jacoby looked like the best quarterback. But Ron kept saying there wasn't no competition. Yeah, so they did. Ron, well, no, no. The only th- the difference is, and th- appreciate the call. Thank you, buddy. Rivera said there was a competition, actually. He, he routinely and constantly told us that there was a competition. There just wasn't. This was actually JaVale called in a little bit ago, mm-hmm. and this was his kind of – this was the, this the is, thing. This has been his hill, yeah. That led to the, the whole, you know, uh, his frustration, I think, was the people that thought it was a competition realized in the end 
No, it wasn't never at was all. for a second. Brissett played really well in the preseason and had a better camp, and it meant nothing because they just, from the moment they said Sam was the starter, he would have to win the job or yeah. he would have to hold off Brissett. That first week of February when he was QB1 but not the starter or he was the first QB but QB1 but not QB1 or he was 1A, yeah. whatever that stupid nonsense was, that, that whole point was there. It got everyone off the scent. It got, so nobody was mad. The exciting and intoxicating scent of the new quarterback is a panacea for a fan base. You, it, you can do no wrong when there's, when there's somebody new that hasn't had a chance to fail yet. We're, we get drunk with the possibility, and that's what he banked on. They refused to have the conversation, the debate, the, the competition that we all said all along would have made sense. Now, I happen to want – Sam Howell to be the starter, so I was a little more okay with a fake competition, but I just hate being told Yeah, something's happening that isn't. Bye-bye to our Richmond audience, by the way. Uh, next, I want to take our first look at the Week 17 games around the NFL, including tonight's Thursday night matchup here on Grant and Danny on The Fan.